Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, so now I'm feeling a bit lonely today. I wish there was someone else in the podcast. Gee, me too. If only we had a friend who watched the show with us. <laughs> Who we invited onto the podcast. Mm, well, we'll see. We'll see. Bonjour. Oh, God. <laughs> this is I Only Like You in Movies, a podcast by me, Lonnie. I'm here with Sine. Hello. And we're going to talk about Emily in Paris, one of my favourite shows of the last year. Controversial, I know. But it's not just us today, Sine. It's not. For the first time ever, the pod has a special guest. Long-time listeners might know her as close friend of the pod. Erica. Erica's here! <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. I'm really excited. Erica, I kind of think of you as an unofficial third member of the pod anyway. Definitely. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I just listened to the Happiest Season episode and I was delighted to him myself mentioned yeah. my special connection to the podcast and that movie and you two in particular well erica you we often see movies together and i feel like when i asked you if you wanted to be on this episode that you were definitely going to say no and you're just going to like maybe give me a few words about what you thought but you said yes yes i'll be on the show it's my life goal you told me <laughs> yeah i did tell you that just a minute ago um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really um, good to I, have you. I'm yeah, I'm delighted to be here. I wish it was under better circumstances. Is in we hadn't seen this TV show, but oh, okay, <laughs> spicy. All right, well, just so the audience at home knows, Eric and I, good friends, we still work together. Erica is very discerning when it comes to TV shows, and she's very intuitive. I think insightful. Sine. she is. And when I suggested that we all watch Emily in Paris together while I was abroad on the International Space Station, she said yes. <laughs> and so we we consumed this content together. I think we did three or four sessions, so a few online sessions together, and then we watched the final four episodes in one go, <laughs> just shotgunned it all at once. We really did. Highly recommend 2-7 if you want to watch shows with someone who's not in the same place as you. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Right. Shall we get into it? Yes, please. Erica, first up, do you have some just overall thoughts about Emily in Paris? Um, I don't really understand why this show was made and maybe made now. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it's what the world needs now. But um, I know I've got nothing. I've... <laughs> <laughs> Your mind blank because it's such a good show. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's definitely it. That's mm. it. So, if you've somehow haven't been able to see or know much about Emily in Paris, real name actually Emily in Paris. So, I was going to bring this up as my first point. Okay. Netflix tried to retroactively say that the show should be pronounced Emily in Paris. No, incorrect. It's not. 
It's obviously not. You have to put so much stress on the final syllable in mm. Emily to even remotely rhyme with Paris. <laughs> and also it's not, guys. Okay? If it was supposed to be pronounced like that, you would have come out ages ago. Not like when the discourse has happened. Mm-hmm. That I just makes think, me angry. I think it would have been, if they wanted to push this narrative of it being Emily in Paris, um, <laughs> that is my French accent, um, then they could have used, they could have allowed the characters actually say that during the show. But even the French yes. characters always said, oh, your Emily in Paris Instagram account. Like, <laughs> oh no, Erica's alter ego has come back. <laughs> Erica introduced this alter ego in our mm. final watch session, perhaps partly born out of sleep deprivation or just insanity brought on by the show. I'm excited to hear it for the rest of the pod. But you're absolutely right. They don't even pronounce it in the show as Paris. Yeah, that's what I found really weird. And I guess I mentioned a few times when we were watching to the inconsistent use of French, I guess, in the show. Mm-hmm. I, re- I, re- I realise they couldn't have had it entirely in French when I think some of those characters definitely would have spoken in French to purposely exclude Emily. Mm. But I find it unlikely that they would have used the American pronunciation of the city they live in for her benefit. That's intriguing. Why wasn't it done in French? Well, it's almost a plot point that she doesn't know French in the first few episodes. And they sort of drop it after that. And they're like, oh, that's fine. Oh, no, they're like, oh, we only speak French. We hate Americans because they don't know mm. French. And then they're like, after two episodes, oh, I guess we'll just talk in English because it's easier. It's more fun to insult her when she can understand it, I think. I so guess that's probably so. why they stick with it. Well, before we... We've, we've sort of got stuck on the weed of the title here, guys. Sorry, sorry. Why don't you talk about <laughs> what the show's about? So it's created by Darren Starr of Sex and the City fame. Mm-hmm. And also Younger, you mentioned, Eric. I'm not really aware of Younger, to be Yeah, honest. I've watched a lot of Younger as well. Um, that's a more recent one, I think. Okay. How does that rank against Emily in Paris? Hmm, that's tricky to say. I think... Younger, I like more. Um, it's a similarly kind of outlandish plot um, in that a 40-something, 40-year-old woman is mistaken or pretends to be 26 in order to land a job um, in a publishing industry that refuses to hold, hire older women. Um, I think I've enjoyed that one more, but it's maybe a very slightly more believable, whereas this one I had, I struggled at times to even believe that all of these plot points would be happening. Mm. Um, and also they use really obvious, um, I guess, stand-ins for popular books, which I find really funny and young because it's set in the publishing industry. So at least it has the comedy of like the fake George R. R. Martin mm. and the fake H is for Hawk, which is like I is for Ibis or something. That it sounds a bit more knowing than this, this one some, series. Some awareness maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, Sinead, can you please tell us the premise of Emily in Paris? In your own words, please. Premise. Lily Collins is Emily. She's American. Um, She works for a marketing firm slash has a master's slash is an expert, but she's only 20, so I don't know how that all works with, like, timing and linear time and all that. Um, There's an opportunity to go to France after her boss, Kate Walsh, pulls out, and she goes and helps this French marketing firm be more marketable yeah. to an American point of view, I guess. 
So the American company owns the French company, I think, is I the idea. So it doesn't really matter. Doesn't yeah, <laughs> she's there. Think, she's no, France. I think, that's, I think that's right, and that makes some of the dynamics even weirder when mm. they own the company. If they didn't want to... Have they could have asked the there. boss not to sell it if they didn't mm. want to deal mm-hmm. with Americans. Mm. Basically, she just flits about France using every stereotype imaginable and in this sort of light TM version of... Hmm. So it's a bit rom com It's a bit like we've got to land this client, but it's not very deep. It's, it's, very it's fluff, guys. Light, light and fluffy. It's very light. It's all about the clothes and the location oh. and the... This week we've got this boyfriend. Next episode we've got another boyfriend. That sort of. Yeah, thing. it's kind of like a like a harem anime, you know, when there's all these different options or like a dating sim. He's got like four <laughs> or five different options for guys that are all just fully on board with her. Yeah. Just, I mean, she's very pretty, but that's well, a, it's a lot. <laughs> we'll get to the fashion, I think, next, because as you mm. mentioned, Eric, I think you mentioned on the show, it's that. Like, her beautiful face and her beautiful hair carries a lot of the fashion because the fashion is just It's a shocking. Lot. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like, it's, but I don't, guys, is high fashion just let's chuck a bunch of different patterns together? Is that what it is? It's it, not what I've understood it to be, and I did watch a lot of um, America's Next Top Model. <laughs> 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 notorious, notorious for haute couture and not like catalog modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I don't know what era this is meant to be set in because it's very weird in like even the fashion it portrays and the fashion designers it has on there too. Um, I agree. The one lots of flame, like I can't remember low rise skirts and stuff. Weird juxtaposition of colors. Like she's a very attractive young girl. And it seems like they do everything they can to make her look so unattractive. <laughs> yeah. Also, logic police coming in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she brought all of those clothes and shoes from America. I think some was shipped. Did she say when she arrived and she we had the classic comedy bit of her having to climb a bunch of stairs with all of her suitcases. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But even, nonetheless, she brought tons with her. She has something like five suitcases. And I don't know, she would have needed a separate suitcase just for her hats. She does have a lot of hats. And she doesn't wear the same outfit twice, does she? No, absolutely not. One thing I want to jump on is Erica said that the show feels like it's odd that it takes place now. To me, the show feels very dated. It feels like something that would have come out in like 2009. Mm. Yes, definitely. They make a reference to Gossip Girl in this show. And I'm like, that's exactly like what you guys are, though. Why weren't you around at that point? Yeah, that would have been the show that I didn't like as much as Gossip Girl, I think, at the time. Yeah. It's it's very weird. So, And even just, like, yeah, the, the gender politics at play. Mm. And oh, God. The, I don't know. Everything felt very dated. I just don't know where this has come from, especially because Darren Star has been making other shows in the meantime. Yeah. I feel like this show completely butchers male and female relationships and I feel like it sets the conversation back a little bit. There's men in her office that make disgusting comments about sex positions and all of that, seemingly just for the sake of being edgy, quote-unquote. And I find it interesting because it's like a PG-13 show that wants desperately to be that edgy, like, Gossip Girl. Remember the promo that Gossip Girl did when it came out and it was like, 
parents don't let your kids watch this and they were like the mm-hmm. sexy photos and stuff. Mm. It feels like that's exactly what these guys want to do. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about oral sex, but like we're not going to engage with it at all. We're just going to name check it. So that way you guys know that we're like edgy and cool. Yeah, it's doing, it's making lots of references to sex. And I guess she hooks up with a few people, but it's, it's not sexy in content. It's just kind of like, yeah, almost a little factual in stating it. Like, this is the this, yeah. this is the this. Oh, uh, you know what 40 year old Frenchmen love talking about is doing mm. the Eiffel Tower sex position <laughs> yeah. and then high fiving their co workers. Yeah, and the show seems to want to be not part of the conversation, but like, no, has winks towards me too. And there's that whole episode where it's like, where she does the poll on Twitter about is this thing sexist and she's the only one in the room who's able to to try and name and shame these guys because they're doing a sexist TV ad. But then it still does it itself, you know? It's almost yeah. having it both ways. Also, the TV ad goes ahead. She doesn't stop it. Mm. It's trying to have it both ways a little bit. The context for that is that um, they make like a just a quite sexist perfume ad with, with a, a lady woman, walking yeah. down a yeah. street and saying, oh, this is every woman's biggest fantasy is to be naked and powerful. But yeah, it doesn't even have it doesn't even really land on the position and there's no follow up to whether there was a big backlash like Kate Walsh predicted of mm. um the American market not liking the That's sexist true. ad. It's very episodic in that sense. It doesn't really No. The show itself seems to almost just do what Emily does, like put a poll up and sort of like the show gives you why don't you decide? We don't yeah. really know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like gotta have both sides. Yeah. <laughs> you don't wanna Let's let's um, canvas options. Let's see what the viewers have to mm. say. But you can't really do that when it's released on Netflix and it all comes out in one go. <laughs> yeah, you, you're very right, I think, um, here, that sense that it's mentioning these things and it, like on a very surface level engaging with these topics, but doesn't really go into it. It's a light and fluffy show and it's, yeah, we see them making up in the morning next to each other, that sort of thing rather than, mm. which like, I'm not... I don't know if you know this, Eric, you're aware of this, but lots of people on Twitter, on film Twitter, like have debates about whether we're too prudish these days, whether there should be more sex on TV and in movies and stuff. And some people are like, oh, you guys are just babies because you don't want to see, <laughs> see sex. Some people are like, every sex scene is unnecessary. This show, again, is kind of having it both ways where it's yeah mentioning it but not really doing it. I want to yeah. mention, guys, the idea that this series seems like it's made by Americans who only know French stereotypes or only know French people from TV. Oh, definitely. (laughs) It doesn't feel very realistic in that sense. And realism is kind of a a thorny topic because what's real to me is not real to you and whatever. But it really feels like they're just ticking off stereotypes of French people, right? Well, similarly, like, there's been a lot of criticism around this series of being tone deaf in their Mm. representation of France or that Emily's tone deaf and I think yeah to a certain extent that's the point of the show is that she's an American who comes in to France trying to tell them what to do and they don't like that but everything's like exactly what you like she has a baguette in the park Mm. and then Mm. she's sitting at a cafe and then she's the thing that was most egregious is when clearly someone on staff has heard the little death phrase mentioned yeah guys there's been like three movies written around that topic um one by josh lawson if you want to check it out 
but it's so shoehorned in. It's like, mm. oh, we know that this is a phrase. So we'll just put it in and we'll just have Camille like tell her that it's a thing and then that that's it. Yeah. At every point, it's just like, oh, the French are snobs, so we'll have her boss be a snob. Oh, the French are timeless, so she'll only wear black. Yeah, the French are obsessed with sex, and so we'll have the mom ask how her son is at sex. Like, Okay, yeah. that's a segue, if ever I've seen one. That's, that was a weird. Oh, that was weird episode, right? She has sex mm. with the wrong brother. Turns out the brother's 18? 17. 17, sorry. 17. Which... But it's okay, they check the... Legal consent age, that's good. Which so. is like 16 in France or something, isn't it? But it's like, lower, yeah. the whole thing is that the mum's like, oh, what's really important to me is that I've raised a good lover in my son. It's like, mm. that is not what French people are like. That is some harmful, ridiculous, disgusting stereotype that I don't think that has any business being in a Netflix generic show. Do you? No. That storyline? <laughs> I found that very weird because it was kind of like they were setting it up to be a big twist where we thought that Emily was going to be in big trouble for sleeping with the son of the woman whose wine business she wanted to be a marketer for. Yeah. And we thought the mum was going to yell at her, and actually she's like, no, tell me, was was he good? Was my 17-year-old pretty good at this? Because that's what's really important. It was meant to, like, presented like a big twist or something, but then it just, it's just fine, and she gets the accounts and nothing bad happens. It totally undercut the moment. Yeah. When I sort of like this show, that episode I wasn't a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit icky, that episode. And that was that had some weird, um, I guess, sexual politics stuff to it too because that was where her friend Camille and the boyfriend, was he Gabrielle? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, and whom she had, obviously, because um, she must have sexual tension with everyone, she was having a weird flirtation with Gabrielle and had kissed him recently before mm. she learned that he had a girlfriend so and so they he, they came along to the winery um and when they were going to the told to go to the market together she said oh i can't be near you i can't be near you because i know what i'll do and she like physically ran away or cycled away <laughs> because she couldn't trust herself to be alone with him Mm. Or and didn't trust him to be alone with her, I guess, is the um, counterpoint to that too. Which I just, I just, you're adults and the girlfriend is right there. You could just not do anything. Exactly right. And also that episode is when the, I guess it's the, the, the friend's dad is there being naked in front of her and stuff. And it's, yeah, yeah that episode is full of just not, just don't need that sort of stuff. Just you controversial can... for the sake of being controversial yeah. almost. I'm not opposed to having you know, sexy shows and, and romantic shows and stuff, but just that episode just seemed totally tone deaf. I think it's a great, great way to put it, Sine. Yeah, it's just all over the place. It just it's it's not proving anything. It's just throwing, I don't know, yeah, very outdated stereotypes or weird impressions at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm. I think it, the problem is that it has them, but it doesn't offer any criticism on them or engage with them in any meaningful way except for the episode with the ad where she's Mm. like hey probably don't do this but then it sort of forgets its own morals and at some point and is like hey did you know it's a thing that i don't know some men like to sunbathe naked Mm. and it's like (laughs) no but it just doesn't mean anything and he's like oh Mm. i'm so lucky to have married a rich woman Mm. okay 
Mm, okay, oh, nice. cool. Was she attracted to the fact that you sunbathe naked when you're expecting guests? That... <laughs> Maybe because she was so into you. Like, oh, did I make mm. a good son slash lover? Mm. Yes, very weird. Uh, it just if the show was a bit smarter, it could deal with these things mm. so much better. I think. Yeah. I think as Sinead said, the point is also that she comes over as a sort of American who thinks she knows everything. And she's telling people what to do, and she's a bit starry-eyed, and is she's there for an adventure, and they're like, "We're trying to work here, lady." Hmm. At the same time, they've got no idea what they're doing, clearly, because she always comes in with the, with the idea. With the idea, yeah. they would have no business this whole year if she wasn't there doing, doing stuff for oh them. God. And every time she has an idea, they're like, "Oh no." They have to hide the person from her. They have to be like, "No way, Emily's going to get involved. And it's going to go be ruined." No, every time she comes in, she bloody kills it for you. Improves it, yeah. You'd have no business without her, and they just seem to forget that. And I guess that's they're a bit smarmy, and they don't want her, and they don't want the American getting the all the credit and whatever. But mm. like honestly, if they were a good business and a good, and she's a good boss, that's what's the boss's name? Sylvie. Sylvie. If she like, wouldn't you identify that this person's? She's young. She's got fresh ideas. She actually wants to be there, unlike the other people who just want to go home and not work at all and get to get to work at 11 and leave at three like <laughs> come on that's the thing i, I the show treats her like shit for a lot of it and the and that, that's part of it she's got obstacles she's upcoming and stuff but i was like at the very least she's there trying and she's trying hard and she's doing a good job like i was on her side for a lot of it and i guess that's she's the, the audience identifier so that, that's what you're supposed to do but mm. i felt a bit sorry for her sometimes when the show's like always putting her down well, I, I'm wondering if that's because they're trying to, like, some of the response from Netflix to the criticisms is, oh, yeah, it's the point that she's an ignorant American. We're actually talking about how Americans are, um, like, not culturally sensitive when they travel and stuff mm. and just do all that. It's like, yeah, but she didn't suffer any consequences from doing that. She poses in a beret with her little baguette and goes hashtag in Paris or whatever, mm. and it just sits there. So if you're actually pointing at that sort of... Yeah. Um, struggle to have a relationship between Americans and other cultures or whatever. Why aren't you dealing with that then? Why is she just doing the stereotypes? Yeah. And she doesn't... Nothing bad happens because of it. It's true. You know what I mean? It's a bit surface level, isn't it, Erica? Yeah. I, that's an interesting kind of thing, too, about the Instagram of it all. So that's um, where the title of the show comes from, Emily in Paris. She creates an Instagram and it becomes amazingly popular. Like, she starts with, what, like less than 100 followers and then she's mm. got thousands within a little while. Mm. So I wondered if that's like a tension between how, I guess, the show or Darren Star views French people engaging with Instagram versus Americans. Like, is the idea that she's appealing to an American audience who are watching her in Paris doing all these cool things? And so therefore, is the social media inherently like more appealing to Americans? And that's why the French are resistant like is the idea that it's only americans who like her ideas but I, then they work is I the think weird you're giving, thing? like the show way too much credit erica <laughs> <laughs> i don't Maybe. i don't know if it is this big like hmm. purposeful oh yeah we're doing that on purpose thing we actually considered all the, i don't know it doesn't it doesn't come across really in the show that's what it yeah. is yeah i just i just found that very weird that she became so popular so quickly for oh. just these completely bland but she's a marketing expert erica she's a marketing expert 
chocolate plus um, bread plus chocolate equals hot. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. It's good stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Gloomy in Paris yeah. or something. I think part of the show, obviously, is that if you've got a character who's young and fresh and wants to change the world and has you know, got a good spirit, which I all those things I admire about her as a character, of course she's got to work for a company that's old and stuffy and they don't want anything mm. to do with her. Like, I get it, but... After a while, it'd be nice if they recognised that, you know... She did a good job. <laughs> she's doing a good job every week, and other people you have as shit, you know, seriously. Yeah. yeah, they're not even demonstrating that they're good at, like, old-school marketing, yeah. I guess is the thing, too. So you're mm. right that what would they have done for the year if she wasn't there to bring in these clients? Like a newspaper ad? Is that their big... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, put out a press release and yeah. then <laughs> hope that the reporter turns off. Uh, can we talk about Mindy? <laughs> if we must I, I, don't, I don't really get the point of Mindy I thought she was a good foil for Emily early on in the series but then like towards the end I'm like oh let's give her her own storyline I do not care about her B storyline at all <laughs> and she's a pop star by the way or like yeah, attempted all, all pop star all this time what <laughs> it's so obvious that someone on set like figured out that she was a singer and is like oh okay let's work this into the script somehow yeah yeah if anyone's i saw an ad for her for a broadway show or something that she's involved in Mm. and i was like oh of course she always had to sing then because you can't Mm. just be an actor who can sing Mm -hmm. and then not sing in one of your projects exactly they have to shoehorn it in somehow so that was very weird She's and a terrible nanny. Sorry, sorry, Eric. I'm just saying she's a terrible nanny. She <laughs> takes them to the park and lets them run around and lets this stranger take pictures of them to put on Instagram. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But she is teaching them Mandarin. Well, that's good, I guess. So, that was, yeah, I just found her character so weird. And I don't know, the way she fit in the world. Like, I don't know what, where does it go from here? Is she just going to be a lounge singer and. Paris? <laughs> I suppose so, but she didn't fit with anything else of the show, did she? No. Like an odd piece of the puzzle. Yeah, that was kind of another thing too. Like all these, yeah, the spheres never really interacted with each other. I guess Gabrielle did with the the perfume man. Mm. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so Mindy was very on the outside. Do we want to ad- address the perfume man? <laughs> um, <laughs> Whose name is... He's Antoine, isn't he? Mm. Yes. So... The whole point is he's having an affair with Sylvie. Yes. But then also kind of wants to have an affair with Emily, this 20-year-old American, in what is a very inappropriate situation. Mm. Yeah, um, I found that, again, that's another example of them being like, oh, these friends are just obsessed with sex and everyone's having Mm -hmm. an affair. Everyone's got a mistress. Yeah. Oh, and the mistress is totally cool with it, by the way. She just likes to know who it is and approve of the the person. The wife is, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so that's like the major source of tension between her and her boss mm-hmm. is that the boss is the mistress of this client. For one thing, everyone should be fired. And then <laughs> the sec and then she's saying, No, I'm not interested in him. He's sending me laundry. I don't want this. He sends her and- laundry and then she's like, That's probably inappropriate and he goes, Oh, it's not for me. It's so you can wear it for someone else. That's still creepy, mate. <laughs> that's still a weird thing to do. Yeah, well, exactly. So kind of, it's almost a little bit of just, it's just lying. Like, he's just, hmm. oh, okay, well, if you're not into it, then yeah, haha, I meant it as a joke. That kind of, like, oh, I didn't really mean it. I meant it for something else. That's totally Diversion right. tactic. And if the show was actually committed to sort of the Me Too movement, you'd think that they would have him fired or 
have her complain to HR or something like that, right? But she just sort of laughs it off and is like, oh, I can't say anything. Yeah, it just goes along with it. Yeah. And so it's even more offensive in some ways that the show's going to pretend to be yeah. Me Too'd, yeah. Me Too sort of movement. But And he fits really weirdly in there too because there's all this thing about all this drama of pulling her off that account. And, of, like, she could just be pulled off the account because they don't like her ideas. Mm. Like, I think that would be fine and she could do other cool stuff. But then it loops back to him in the end to reintroduce him when he and his wife appear and the wife is like, oh, yes, I approve. You should date my husband. (laughs) Yeah, very odd. Not on. Can I transition us to talking about the acting in the show? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to put it to you both that there are only two good actors in this show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lily Collins does what she can with what she's given. She pulls yes. it off, I reckon. What do you reckon, Erica? Yeah, I agree. I think she's... She's the reason I think I wanted to continue watching. Yeah. She's very charismatic and interesting to watch and mm-hmm. likable, even when she's not likable. Despite the, the show, yeah. yeah, she is really watchable. She's really good. The second person I'm going to put that's a good actor in the show is Gabriel or Lucas Bravo. Great name. Great name. Yeah, great name. He does um, really well. I think they have real chemistry together. I think they play off each other really well. Mm-hmm. He's not given a lot to do, but mm. I don't know. I think he did okay. Everyone else in this entire show <laughs> is awful at acting. What about Camille? Oh, no, I do like Camille, actually. I take that back. Three it's, people. Still, yeah. It's not a great thing of a whole series of ten episodes. I found Sylvie really grating to watch. She walks around with her little limp wrists and her <laughs> hands up for no reason. Everyone at the office I found was really awful at acting. It was kind of grating. Yeah, I was <laughs> no, I was surprised by how oddly some of the lines are delivered. Mm. Um, Line readings are very odd in this show. And I understand that I think most of the cast is French, so it might it's not their first language they're dealing with, but that's still doable. Like, and they still would have been directed otherwise if mm. the director didn't want them to say it like that. I assume, mm. um, knowing nothing about um, TV shows aside from. TV shows that are about making TV shows, <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, some the, it's just such weird performances, really inconsistent characterizations too, which doesn't make it much easier. I no. yeah, I didn't really enjoy anyone else. I particularly disliked the um, her love interest in the last episode or two. 
Oh, the smarmy guy. Yeah. Matt. Matthew. Matt. That's it. And he's supposed to be like. Does she suppose she supposed to like him? Because she seems like she doesn't care about him. At yeah, all. She doesn't care about him. Also, why are we all like tripping over ourselves to get to him? Is he is he that attractive, guys? Like. Yeah. It's, what's it's he a, got? He's like a fifty-year-old man. I know, and it's. I think it's the kind of thing where it's like they're trying to present him as this big social butterfly, illegible bachelor kind of thing. And they're just trying to force that narrative to make us believe that he's actually that attractive. It's like when we watched um, Love in the Afternoon, which has Gary Cooper in it. Mm. And he's meant to be this amazing playboy bachelor. But he looks so old in it. And then the director was gave an interview afterwards saying like, oh, I, I employed Gary Cooper the, the day he became old or something. Like yeah. he'd been this big bachelor, great, popular, handsome movie star. And then just the second he started to look too old was when he did this movie with a 19-year-old Aubrey Hepburn. That's gross. And so it's just the same kind of thing where he's just, they're forcing this narrative, I guess, of him being this illegible bachelor who's who works for his uncle that was the who works for his designer uncle Mm. um and kind of just manages his temper i guess but has this beautiful house that he lives in and then he's going to take her take her overseas for a weekend so i think she was kind of into him a little bit but then um she slept with gabrielle and then she's like Oh, okay, never mind. I guess so. <laughs> what I mean is that it would have been much more interesting, I think, if she had a genuine love triangle there between Gabrielle, this, like, guy's unavailable, but she really clicks with him, and mm. someone else who she is doing all those things about having adventures and can go overseas and whatever, with someone who I can just buy the chemistry with, but not this... Yeah. Like, I didn't even buy the chemistry with those two. That's what I, I can't buy. Not that's at all. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So when it, when so then when it's it's a genuine love triangle and you're actually worried about who she might pick or it's like I'm like definitely pick Gabriel like it's obviously I don't even know the other guy why is he here all of a sudden he's the love interest at the last minute what the hell yeah I found that very weird and now too there's going to be complications because her the uncle is the client that she wooed into the company mm-hmm. and now he can't do anything without her advice so if she tries to break up with Matthew, Matt, as she calls him, and I bet he hates, um, <laughs> then that's going to cause issues for that account that she just won anyway. Mm. I found that very, very strange. And they also set up to kind of imply that he was, yeah, a, r- a real playboy, so I never thought that they'd have a long-lasting connection to begin with. I was kind of assuming if there was anything, it would be a one-off few dates kind of relationship and then it would fizzle out so to kind of frame it now is like oh no he Mm. wants to do more with her he wants to take her overseas and pursue her i was a little surprised by that i agree and we haven't even talked about the fact that the show ends season one ends with gabriel about to leave but then he gets a financial lifeline as wikipedia here says (laughs) so he's staying what's going to happen guys let's talk about the ending okay because i have thoughts so he's like right I'm leaving. I've bought this great restaurant, have all these photos. I can make it on my own. I can prove myself as a man or whatever, or as an independent person of my own adventure. I've got all these plans for how to renovate this restaurant. I'm going to knock this wall down here. And then the morning he is about to leave, 
all this stuff's packed up, guys. He's got stuff, like, being shipped there as we speak. It's like, oh, lol, no, we're going to stay here and I'm going to stay at this restaurant that I didn't really show any interest in buying, but the show's going to tell me that I had interest in buying. He did have interest. He was going to buy it. He had travel plans. Does he just cancel them? What happens to his... Has he settled on the new restaurant? Can he still pull mm. out? Like, can he get his money back? What about he has the a mortgage? Maybe they own both. The stamp duty. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I f- yeah, I found that so baffling. So the perfume man is the one who swings in and buys mm. the restaurant that he'd been working at for him, which it- is it's fine if a man gives him the money, I guess, but not his girlfriend's family. Well, she'd, the thing is, he doesn't want to be tied to Camille. I think that's the mm. issue. But mm. this ties Emily to the perfume man in a weird way because it's almost like he's doing it as a favour to her. Yeah. Which, bad news. That's more of a love triangle-esque situation I can get into because she's caught between this creepy guy who she can't say no to now and mm. her boyfriend potentially moving forward. That's more of a love triangle than Matthew. Yeah. We get it. You hate Matthew. God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I found that very weird, and it's it's actually a little bit more sinister now. I think mm. with mm. how it ended. Yeah, when I say I can get behind it or into it, I mean I find that narratively compelling. Yes, more so than this love triangle. Where I'm like, <laughs> obviously pick the guy who, who you love. Yeah, I feel bad though because I really like Camille. I like her as a mm. character, and I don't want her hurt. Yeah, I worry about how that's going to be portrayed. Can I give you another French word? Go on. Menage en toi. I kind of thought that's where it was leading. I'm surprised mm. it actually didn't go there because they had... I thought they... Emily and Camille had quite a they good did. connection. They were on the bed together. But again, yeah. they say the phrase menage à toi and then don't actually do it. Why don't they actually do a menage à toi? Show how it like can work when you're in, I don't know, a polyamorous relationship or something. Or even it was like, a, oh, everything's ending... Let's mm. do this one thing before you go, yeah, before and you then go. they have a real connection between Emily and Gabrielle, and Camille sees it, but she's like, "Oh, but I kind of caused this or some something." Yeah. It's just it's so shallow. And then yeah, for Emily, to just be like, "Oh, okay, I'll just um, immediately sleep with my one of my only friends, mm-hmm. ex- immediate ex boyfriends." Yeah, like and then twenty minutes. Never tell her. <laughs> twenty minutes immediate. By the way. Mm. Yeah. I found, yeah, a lot of the choices so baffling. Do you find that, like, even though the show was trying to be light and fluffy, I didn't find it very funny? Like, I didn't find any of the jokes very laugh out loud. There was one funny moment, I'm going to say it, see if you two agree with me, when she's dating Matt and they go to the ball or the opera. That was a different boyfriend, wasn't it? That was a different boyfriend. I can't that was that. another, another Frenchman that was in love with her yeah, the immediately. Professor. That's who I thought we were talking about this whole time. So oh. um, <laughs> that's great that I've confused that. Anyway, and he's a student of semiotics and signs and what they mean. And she mm. says, here's a sign for you and gives him the middle finger. That was like the only moment in this series where I actually laughed genuinely. Mm. And then she runs away and he's like, actually, that's more of a gesture. Exactly. That was, Wasn't, that was, that was good. just classic comedy. And if they kept up that energy for the entire series, I would have loved it. <laughs> Just, yeah, just a bit more funny and, I guess, more self-aware. You know, you mentioned it, but there aren't many laugh-out-loud moments. There's more kind of awkward situations she's put into. 
But then, like, her indefatigable spirit gets her through, which I kind of like, and I'm yeah. you know, on board with her. But you're right, there's not... Oh, there's the bit, like, where she she's in the... Like, for example, she's in the, the dress, and the dress gets paint on her. I guess that's supposed to be funny, but it wasn't very think... funny. It was yeah. just like, oh, this is an awkward awkward scenario that we've created for her. Yeah. It's it's kind of like what you were saying before, or what I was saying um, before as well, too, about how it just feels like it's from a different time. So I think some of the jokes would have been actually identifiable as jokes if this was made, I don't know, a decade ago. But now, like, the little mix-ups in French and things are just like, oh, mm. we kind of know that. We kind of know that that's a, that, that mix-up exists. It isn't actually mm. funny. Also, just on her phone the whole time. Just Google it. Like, mm. so yes. much of this stuff could just be, like, solved by her sitting down and Googling what it means. Or taking a French class before she goes to France. That, you know, anything. It was last minute, guys. She had to go straight away. Question about she had her. hours. Question about <laughs> her suddenly, like, coming up with the best idea, by the way. She's like, I'm going to research this client and come up with something. Just hops onto Google and looks at already published content about that person. Yeah, no one else thought to do that. No, no one thought to do that. Well, they're too busy smoking and talking about sex but not actually having sex. Oh, that's it. Also, did we all know that this is Phil Collins' daughter? No. Thank you. No. Lonnie told me and I thought that I was, like, really stupid, but I'm glad you didn't know either, Erica. Phil Collins, like, Mm. Colin the Air tonight. Trying to think of a way we could have integrated him into the story. (laughs) I got nothing. Yeah. What's that about? She is. Maybe she's going to have to go home to Chicago Mm. in the next season to renew her visa. (laughs) She'll Mm. go and visit her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very weird. I really wonder what the French thought of this because I imagine it kind of like, you know, we watched The Good Place and -hmm. they had that season in Australia and we were like, what the hell are you guys doing? With the worst Australian accent ever. Exactly. And that was a comedy Mm -hmm. and and they were like, it was very ironic and whatever that show. Mm -hmm. But um, I'd love them to, like, yeah, Emily in Brisbane and this tremendous Australian stereotype. So I don't know, I think I would appreciate that. <laughs> go to South Bank and go to the fake beach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd be beautiful. Um, yeah, I think I've seen online that there's been some um, criticism from the French about the portrayal mm. of the people and also Paris. Mm. Just, just mm. everything. Just all of it. It's it's bizarre in how it portrays things. It's just it's such an elementary understanding of France and French people and the French language. And that's a choice, right? It's got to be a choice because I think in this day and age, you could have got some French writers, some French producers on board. You could have made a show that actually. It's the thing. Why are you making a show about French people with no French like staff mm. or crew? Anyone well, I think, like... I think some of the crew were, which is very weird. Like, it was all shot in France. Yeah. And I'm fairly sure there was involvement. So did did the writers just say, no, we don't want to hear a single word. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare speak to me in French. <laughs> exactly right. What I mean is, you working with Netflix, like, all the money in the world, they really could have done something special. And I say, I like the show. We all liked watching it. We had a good time making fun of it together and stuff. But I think it actually was watchable and... There's a quote here on Wikipedia from a review where it says, Emily in Paris is like scrolling through Instagram. It's a great way to waste time looking at pretty pictures with no depth, which I think is probably fair enough in in some ways. And as I said, I like the character enough to to keep going with it. But it really, like, 
it wouldn't take that much more effort, you wouldn't have thought, to make it that so much better. Yeah. I feel that way with a lot of Netflix shows and movies, I think, unfortunately. It's just they just don't quite stick the landing or they just could have polished it a little bit more mm-hmm. and it would be great. But this is fine. So what are our predictions for season two? What's mm. going to happen? Will it get I think a season sh- two? <laughs> it's definitely getting a season mm. two. I think this. Sh- I think the Chicago ex-boyfriend should come back into the mix. Mm, I was actually surprised he didn't end up like flying to Paris in season one to see her and catch her on a date with one of the fifty men who are all in love with her. <laughs> I was I was genuinely surprised that that didn't happen. So I wonder if they're saving that for season two, um, because if they don't bring that in, then what's the point of having him to begin with? That's cool. I wonder I if he'll come in like. He'll come to like win her back, but she's like with Gabrielle. But then Camille will hook up with the American ex-boyfriend. Yeah, mm. we get a bit of that's a bit of a yeah scenario there. Yeah, so I... that's my. That's what you think, Eric. Okay. Well... Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, I was waiting for you. That was that was my main prediction: is that mm. he's going to bring into the mix and bring the main players for Emily's heart up to six. I think. <laughs> There is a comment here on the Wikipedia. It says that um, there's not much to the character except for enormous amounts of self-confidence and the inexplicable ability to attract new friends and love interests on every street corner. It mm. is that. It's like she's walking around France and this runs into this guy and he's like, mm. oh, my God, I'm infatuated with you. Mm. And let's, dad- play, let's play um, mother or lover watching this couple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you guys? Well, that's not the grossest one. The grossest one was the guy who's like, was so sweet, and then he goes, I like American pussy. (laughs) Yes, that's an example where the show, like, Me Too movement style, no, I'm not going to stand for that, but you're okay with the people at work who are creepy towards you? Like, it's easier to say no to a creep on a date, I guess, than people you work with, but Me Too's all about the workplace, so I don't really get that. Yeah, I found that very very weird and then for it to just it just disappears again Mm. like everything in this show it's brought up stated and then never comes back (laughs) yeah it is kind of very like instagram scroll i think Mm. that that comments um that review is correct in that it's a good metaphor you just just scroll right past it never think of it again but it was something to rest your eyes on for a second we've probably put more thought into this show than most people yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) What about, do you have any major predictions for season two? No, I think she'll continue at the at the workplace. I don't feel like they really care much about the workplace stuff. It's just a reason for her to do something that episode. It's more about the rom-com aspect, I think, that they really care mm. about. I wonder if she'll go more abroad than just Paris. Maybe. Maybe she goes yeah. into rural France. Mm-hmm. Or to the beach, to Saint-Tropez, you know? Yeah. Have a little swim. She could go and try and sort out um, reselling the restaurant that Gabrielle bought mm. and is now yes. financially liable. Spin-off. <laughs> Eric and I are very concerned about his mm. financial implications here. Emily in escrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm open to the show. I'm, I'm keen to watch more. Yeah. I'll continue watching it, mostly because it's fun to make fun of it with um, the two of you. Oh. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> One more thing, Snow, this is something you brought up. Mm. The name Cooper. It's overused. Oh, yes. What is Cooper being used as a surname? There's this, 
there's an ad that plays at cinemas now. Roz Cooper gets an eBay package, and it's mm-hmm. Roz Cooper. What else did we watch recently in the cinema was Cooper? Was it Happiest Season, Eric? What they called that then? Um, I don't actually recall. There's the movie Love the Coopers. Why is everyone Coopers? It's like just generic enough. It's like a very American surname. What does it mean? What's a Cooper? Are they saying something with the with the choice of it? I think it's just like not as generic as Smith, mm. but bland enough that they're not referring to any particular person is my feeling. Is there like it. some movie, I Love You, Beth Cooper or something like yep, that? Yep, that's another one. There are other names, guys. It's in, from the English, it's an occupational name for a maker and repairer of wooden vessels such as barrels, tubs, buckets, casks and vats. Yeah, so think... maybe like the wine, like the perfume, like mm-hmm. the... Mm-hmm. So maybe this is her destiny. She was meant to be the the support for the winery. Oh, my God. I, can... <laughs> I don't think they've Harry Potter in America where they've, every name has a meaning. I don't think <laughs> Darren right. hasn't sat down and gone, hmm, mm. death, death <laughs> father. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's... I think it's just an attractive name. I think that's. Just, it sounds good to say. I think that's it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Not much yeah. thought towards it. It mm. just. I think there sometimes just tend to be trends of names. Mm. People. It's maybe yeah, generic enough or common enough that people don't realize they're copying something else mm. or referring to something else. Mm-hmm. All right, Erica, you'll know because you're a fan of the pod that at the end <laughs> we do a rating out of five. What are you going to give Emily in Paris season one? I'm going to give it um, out of five possible layers of skirts that I'm wearing at the same time. Yeah, good. I'm going to give it two layers. Two layers. Okay. Two out of five. Do you care to justify your rating like I do or are you happy to just let that sit like Lonnie does? Um, I think the, t- the two stars entirely come from, I guess, Lily Collins' performance, but there's so many issues with every layer of the plotting and the pacing that I just can't, I can't say it's a good show, but it's a two star show that I will continue to watch. <laughs> Lonnie, what are you going to rate it? I want to give it three stars mm-hmm. mainly because I enjoyed watching it. I think if nothing else, it's interesting and it's provoked us to think and talk a lot about it. And it was enjoyable enough with all the caveats, everything, everything else I've said <laughs> this episode so far. Well, I'm going to go right in the middle of you both and say two and a half. I think it was watchable, even though I hated it. It definitely wouldn't have been as enjoyable a watching experience if I was watching it on my own. I think us mm. watching it together, we were able to talk about some of those problems and laugh at them a little bit more. I'll probably watch more, but like I don't <laughs> want to, but like I will because I kind of want to, you know, <laughs> that vibe. Just for the, yeah, for the closure. I think, yeah talking about it and considering it in this kind of level of detail has actually been as much fun as just watching True. the images on the screen. <laughs> so if anything, I'm grateful for that to have enjoyed um, getting to analyze it. That's great, Erica. I know you have lots of podcasts you listen to, so it's really nice that you've made the time to listen to ours every now and then. <laughs> well, she often features in the pod. You did the yeah, I'm opening. actually just yeah, you just very self-centered. Sure you. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I just love the attention, so I wanted to um, finally be here in person so you couldn't just refer to me. 
<laughs> well, we'll definitely have you back for season two, if not before. Maybe we'll mm, watch something else. Something who knows? Else. Yeah. But right. you can definitely uh, stay tuned to hear Erica's thoughts on season two of Emily in Paris when that comes out. Yeah, Erica, you don't have any socials really or any public persona. No. So if somebody wants to get in touch, just come through me, probably. You know? Yeah, or or just don't. That's fine. Um. <laughs> and that's right. If you want to listen to more of Erica's thoughts, though, you'll probably hear them either via us in the podcast. We'd be like, we saw this Erica and she said this, or we'll get you back on. That'd be awesome. Excellent. We'll get Thanks, you a guys. T-shirt that says unofficial pod member too. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you had a good time listening to us with our friend Erica, please give us a like and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And you know what? Why don't you tell your friend Erica about the show? If you have a friend who's named Erica, I don't know, maybe our Erica can be the the link that's Mm. been missing. Mm. Okay. Uh, Is that an option? It's an option. (laughs) Think about it. You go, hey, you know how your name's Erica? Well, there's another Erica who's on a pod that I like. Mm. Here's the episode. Mm -hmm. Match made. Erica's love talking about Emily in Paris. (laughs) Oh, do they? Like yeah, actual... we, we talked about that at the conference. Yeah. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, very, uh, thank you very much again, Erica, and to everyone else, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Wait, let Erica say bye. I said it very quietly. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Of, of, what's the French way to say goodbye? Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye. Au revoir. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.